What is up to all my skaters out there? This is Ryan. Uh, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with their last step, so we had to scrap it. In place of that, we decided to put this Patreon exclusive up in the meantime. About a month or so ago, I recorded this interview with Vina. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine, and he spent the last decade in Anaheim building Next Up Foundation, which is a really awesome social skate project. Uh, I think this conversation is really helpful for people wanting to start their own project and kind of come into terms with how to balance the passion that gets you started in the first place with a longer-term strategy. Uh, I think a lot of people get into this world, especially in moments like these, out of a very real impulse to help people using the thing that they know and love. Uh, but a thing that's all too common is the inevitable burnout that comes from overexerting yourself and trying to manage what often turns into a business, even though a lot of the times you don't start out thinking that it's going to become a business. This gets increasingly more difficult in times of economic precarity. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of really struggling right now. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, not that it matters, but Vina is an incredible skater, and I'm definitely going to post clips of him on the IG. Uh, and in honor of him, I think I'm going to decide that the trick challenge this week is Nolly Crook. Uh, we'll settle for a Nolly Nose, too. If you want to support us, uh, if you can support us right now, um, and you want access to bonus content, and you want to keep the Vent City regular show free for all listeners, please sign up at patreon.com slash ventcity. And we'll send you some stickers. Without further ado, here's Vina. Vina. Vina, what's your last name again? I, I don't know if I know how to pronounce it. Tinoco. Tinoco, okay. Yeah, but, but my first name also is not Vina. Vina is my uh, nickname. My name really is uh, Vinicius. Vinicius, okay. Vin That's Vinicius right. Tinoco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Vina ran an amazing organization called Next Up Foundation, and we don't need to spend too much time, but can you give us a run-through of all the amazing work you were doing in Anaheim with Next Up? Yeah, uh, summarizing everything, I started in Anaheim in partnership with the Boys and Girls Club in 2010. Uh, that was when we ran our first program. Uh, I founded Next Up with the help of some amazing friends in 2009, and it happened to be on June 21st also, uh, Go Skateboarding Day, first official day of summer. And that was our very first fundraiser to raise funds to pay for all the documentation to get uh, the 501c3 status going. And then so 2010, Anaheim partnership with the Boys and Girls Club and uh, the Boys and Girls Club, by coincidence, had a skate park agency wow. to their building. It was yeah. right next door. And then they didn't have anything going on, really, but they had 100 percent. Uh, control of the park. The park was um, unquote public, but it was managed by the Boys and Girls Club. So only Boys and Girls Club members could uh, utilize the park. So I, by coincidence, got to meet the director of development of the Boys and Girls Club. And then I explained to her what was my idea with my skateboarding program. 
and she really liked it. We started and then, um, you know, we started teaching skateboarding lessons and life lessons. My whole idea was really to teach life lessons through skateboarding. The concept of falling, getting hurt, getting back up, adjusting your feet, uh, learning how to deal with frustrations and being defeated by certain tricks. You know, it's the same as in life. All those metaphors that you're very, very familiar with, uh, we were uh, utilizing them back in 2010 and trying to teach the, uh, you know, some life lessons to these uh, young kids, you know. And then uh, from uh, uh, 2010, Anaheim, 2012, we expanded to the Boys and Girls Club of uh, Santa Ana. And then uh, same thing, teaching life lessons and skateboarding lessons, but this time inside of a middle school with the portable ramps. We had a set, a skate park there in portable ramps. So um, I was going to go, I was going once a week, setting up the ramps. Uh, the cool thing about that school is that we were allowed to utilize their classroom. So we had access to computers and stuff. So we were running a full uh, leadership program also that we purchased uh, from another organization. And that was a really cool experience. And then 2013, we expanded again to Long Beach in the same terms, but uh, at a long uh, Boys and Girls Club site on the west side of Long Beach. So at some point, we're running three programs once a week each. And then in 2016, we had the chance to actually move in to the uh for to the Boys and Girls Club building in Anaheim where everything really started in 2010. Uh the city of Anaheim gave the Boys and Girls Club a brand new building. Then they moved out uh because I had access to the politicians in the city, to the mayor, and the mayor was a huge supporter of Next Up. Uh they truly believed in my uh proposal because I wanted to teach not only life lessons and skate lessons, but I, I really wanted to have a place where we could expose the uh, the kids to the business side of skateboarding. That was my whole idea when I first started uh, Next Up. I've always thought about that because I understand that every young skateboarder's dream is to become professional skateboarder. However, we know that it's a uh, a big minority that becomes professional skaters. And, uh, but you still, you know, you still can be part of this awesome group of people, us skaters, right? And, um, yeah, there's a whole ecosystem in, in skating. It's not, not just pros. Exactly. Not being pro, but also being able to travel the world as you can, you know, and skate and uh, work and go to school and uh, uh, and learn skills that will benefit you as a person and uh, also not only skills that you can apply in the skate industry but the skills that overlaps other other industries as well so my idea was to do that and in anaheim we were able to do that because of that building so we moved in and then we started launching a a, a bunch of different workshops and inviting uh industry leaders to come in to next up and then teach uh uh you know some of uh, their responsibilities what they were doing in their jobs and careers and in this way we're inspiring uh, the kids to pursue uh, uh education you know to pursue 
uh, higher education, not only high school, but, you know, go beyond that and, uh, uh, and become good citizens. That, that was the whole idea. And I think, uh, I think we did a tremendous job, man. It was something completely new. When I started Next Up, I believe there were very few organizations and I didn't have a model to look up to and and understand, oh, that's possible to do. Let's let's go ahead and do something similar. Everything was coming out of my my own brain and ideas. You know, I would envision something and then try to pursue. And I had to learn a lot of things, you know, in this especially in this uh, after school program, you have to measure success and at that time, I was like, man, how do I measure success? Look how many kids in the skate park every day. You know, this is the success right here. You know, these kids keep coming back. But you understand. I understand now. You know, there are things that uh, doesn't matter the quantity, the success that we see. We need to be able to translate that into documents and numbers and uh, data to prove that it's successful or not. And uh, it took me a while, for example, to learn that specific thing, you know. But here we are. Yeah, especially in the U.S., I feel like in the nonprofit world, it's a very, like people want data, you know. They want to see metrics and for you to prove the success. And they don't necessarily even just want anecdotes. Like they want hard data for you to prove the, um, yeah, the success of your program. Yeah, yeah. What definitely. was it? What was the what was the demographics that uh, of the kids you were working with, like age and background? They were uh, almost one hundred percent kids, underserved youth for sure. Uh, Latino kids, you know, uh, uh, parents who came from Mexico, and uh, they had them here. The kids were born here from Mexican families. I think that was almost one hundred percent of. Uh, of uh, our uh, participants and um, the age was uh, between uh, 12 and uh, 17. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then what walk us through, was that last year that the, you had the issues with the building or was it two years ago? Last year, 2019. Uh, Feels we, like we've been in the last month has been like a year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know. Uh, last year, I decided to not that I decided, but uh, we had we were supposed to return the building to the city because of uh uh new developments, right? Where right where the building was. Uh, they had plans to build a public park. And in this park, they they are also building a skate park, which is going to be really cool. So they're going to uh, remove the current park uh, that it's there now, which was a park that we were um, using. And they're going to build a small plaza park there. And inside of this park with a bunch of different features so it is going ultimately it's going to be very uh beneficial to the community because it's uh it's it's going to be an amazing public space and uh, i believe that they're going to solve the problems that they wanted to solve which is uh illegal activities going on behind our building because our building was really big six thousand square foot uh the building was 
perfect for uh, you know people who wanted to drink and smoke and uh, uh, you know and do things that were not legal and um, and they because the building was so big they were hidden from the streets so whoever's uh, driving on the streets and walking couldn't see what was going on behind the building. But uh, behind the building, there were lots of neighbors and those neighbors, they were really tired of all, you know, all those activities and then uh, also fights and, um, you know, just a, a lot of mess, a lot of uh, wrong things going on. And uh, the city was finally fed up with it and they decided to move on. They got a grant from uh, federal government to build this new uh, public park. And uh, it's going to be very family friendly and um, the design of the park will definitely make uh, that kind of activity go away. So they're, I believe they're going to be very successful in solving that problem. The only negative part is that, you know, next up is not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you worry that without the, the community engagement element that just building a public park won't be enough to, you know, provide the nourishment that, that you think kids need in the neighborhood? I think they're going to definitely solve that problem, you know, but in the long term run, what we were doing, I believe was a lot more beneficial, right? Let's mm -hmm. put it this way. We're trying to uh, we're trying to plant seeds on the kids, right? We're trying to nurture them. We're trying to show them the uh, the importance of uh, education, you know, the importance of acquiring skills that will benefit you down the road. Because uh, when we were kids, man, we're not thinking those things, you know, especially uh, growing up in the environment where parents also we're not taught the same things that we're trying to teach, you know? So the kids are, uh, uh, usually they are a reflex of parents, right? Uh, they are a result of the environment that they're growing up. And uh, we all know that. Of course, there are uh, exceptions uh, to the rule, but uh, those are exceptions and, uh, we are definitely, I, I agree with this 100%. We are products of our environment. And uh, in the environment, in the community where Next Up was, uh, lots of wrong things were going on. And um, they will keep going on. They will keep happening. And the kids are going to keep seeing those things. And uh, those things were exactly what we're trying to, you know, break uh, break them apart from mm -hmm. of course they were exposed to but also we were a positive force uh showing them that there there was another um uh direction to go to you know yeah tell tell me a little bit about like where you grew up and and how you you ended up in the states because you're from brazil right from brazil uh originally born and raised uh sao paulo I would say about 200 miles from the capital. Because Sao Paulo, I don't know if people understand, but uh, it, it's just like New York. We have New York State, and then we have New York City, which is the capital of New York. Yeah. Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo is exactly the same thing. There's Sao Paulo State and Sao Paulo City, which is the capital of the state. Uh, I grew up, 
about 200 miles of away from the capital in a small town, medium-sized town, so about 600,000 uh, citizens, considered uh, medium, medium-sized, and um, grew up in, in, let's say, in the projects, right? In the community, very, very poor. In the very beginning, it was uh, dirt streets, you know, dirt roads, unpaved streets, and uh, lots of uh, uh, drugs, you know, lots of negativity, lots of uh, uh, lack of uh, education. And um, when you grew up in the environment like that, man, it's hard for you to really expand your vision and understand that there's uh, there's a whole world out there. You know, you're all you can really see is what's going on in front of you, you know, before your eyes. And uh, uh, for me, it was no different. I grew up watching kids selling drugs and, uh, you know, kids uh, shooting kids, police officers shooting kids, you know, seeing my neighborhood on the on the cover of newspapers, on the news. So it was normal to be, you know, to leave with the negativity. And... Uh, Skateboarding, really. I started skating when I was 12. I was coming from uh, downtown on the public bus. Uh, got off the bus and was walking down the street and I saw my neighbor skating. And uh, I wanted to try. So I got a couple of toys that I was not uh, using anymore. And then I traded for parts for trucks, wheels, bearings. And then uh, put a board together, started skating. And then... You know, because of skateboarding, I started making new friends from different neighborhoods and I started going to downtown to skate and then other uh, cities and suddenly participating in contests and started winning some contests and eventually being sponsored. So uh, skateboarding really took me away from that neighborhood and, uh, you know, it gave me uh, more opportunities and uh, um that's why I end up here, you know, and then watching skate videos, watching 411. I still, to this day, I thank Josh Friedberg for making, uh, you know, 411 video magazine yeah. and uh, educating us about skateboarding back in the up, 90s. I grew up on, on 411 too, probably in a similar era. What what, what era of 411 was like your, uh, what, what was your, your touchstone? Uh Around, uh, I remember, I think, uh, issue number 14, 15, 16, Ooh, that's, 18, uh, 22. I think that that's probably a little before me. I, I started around uh, like late 20s. I, yeah. rem- I like vividly remember 33 with uh, with Heath Kerchart on the cover where he does the gap in and gap out of the 50-50 on the hubba. Uh, is that in the? Uh, um, I think it's in Newport. I, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I think so. At yeah. the, um, like the courthouse uh, or government building or something, right? Yeah, close to to a big uh, mall that I always forget the the name of it. Huge uh, uh, Fashion Island. I think it's nearby the Fashion Island. Who are uh, the who who are like the skaters that you looked up to growing up? Man, um, for some reason, I always looked up to my friends, to the ones who were closer to me. Yeah. I never looked up to um, any celebrity, you know, like big pro skaters, but always to the ones that were closer to me. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I find that it kind of interesting because uh, usually we always look up to some type of celebrity. Uh, I, I always looked up to the ones who were closer to me. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's like when you're in your small little hub, that's like your the tiny section of your neighborhood. There's like the really good kid that you know, and then you kind of, you know, you you grow out of that, and then there's like, oh, that's like the best kid in town. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's that like little, uh, yeah. there's like little levels of like legends, uh, local legends, you know. Yeah, but you know, of course, we we were very inspired too by. Uh, Guy Mariano, Gino, Eric Costin, you know, those were the the ones moving the needle, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, so so now, I mean, what are you, you're working on a, a project with Brazilian youth, you told me, right? Rechanneling yes. your efforts a little bit? Yes, I, I'm uh, super interested and uh, excited about this uh, new opportunities. Uh and uh, we currently have three chapters of Next Up in Brazil, and um, it's not—it's not something huge, you know. It's nothing uh, crazy. Oh, well, amazing that you guys are expanding to Brazil. Uh, I think it, it just makes sense to do what I'm trying to do because in the U.S. Uh, we had good success you know we did uh, lots of collaborations i believe next up uh, brought something very new to the to the industry and um, a lot of people even skaters and people working in the industry in the beginning they were not uh 100% sure of what we were doing you know and uh Anytime someone would come into Next Up and see our building and understand what we were doing there, everybody would be very surprised. Uh, so collaborations happened. You know, we had our own grip tape with the uh, Mob Grip. We had our own shoe with Vans, and that happened because of an uh, art activity. We had. Uh, um, a skate high template to to be painted and designed and we had the old school one and this one kid uh israel he drew he designed two really cool ones and then um, steve van doren went ahead and uh, made 100 pairs 50 pairs of each to help us in this fundraising project. So he donated, he gave us the shoes so we could sell and raise some funds for the organization. So that was a pretty, that was a pretty big uh, achievement, something that I feel like I had my own pro shoes, you know, as a, sure, yeah, as yeah. You get like a, it's like a, it's like a tangible object that represents your success. Like, look, we were a real thing. I feel that yeah. same way. Yeah. yeah, and then I feel like I, you know, I've always wanted to be pro, and then I feel like, well, this is my pro shoe that I didn't have. You know? Yeah, I, I speaking from personal experience, I feel like you've had, if just as much, if not more, impact than more most pro skaters. So, <laughs> thank uh, you. Yeah, I, I had definitely... our, our. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then we had our uh, on deck also with almost, you know, almost made uh, we we had a collaboration deck with almost uh we sold a bunch of decks on um, uh the canteen the barracks uh 100 of the proceeds were uh 
donated to Next Up. So we're extremely thankful for all those uh, partnerships. And not only that, but also all the pro skaters that we brought to Anaheim to skate with the kids and to give the kids the chance to skate with them and take pictures and ask them questions. Uh, we had Daewon Song there. We had Pirod. We had Nick Tucker. We had um, Walker Ryan. We had, uh, man, uh, so many people there. You know, we did so much and then we made it uh, possible for the kids to really have the chance to skate with their favorite pro skaters. You know, Jamie Foy, ah, man, you name it. You know, I even forget that I have to take a moment to think <laughs> of all the names that we, we brought to Next Up. You know, we brought Zion, Zion Wright, when Zion was uh, 12 or 13 years old. You know, he was wow. a little kid and uh, he was our youngest uh, guest. And look, Zion, where he's at now, right? Even those guys, you know, when they when they saw what we had there, our facility, you know, they were like, wow, man, this is amazing. You know, all the activities we're doing, uh, having a computer lab and running uh, computer classes and yoga classes, meditation, art, music, piano, you know, all those uh, uh Things that are related to skateboarding, really. We all brought that together and uh, put it in one place, you know. That was uh, that was really cool to do. Yeah, I mean, it was like the living embodiment of, of skate culture, you know. Like, that's something I definitely have experienced with our kids is that, you know, they, they get introduced to skating as an activity or a sport, but the richness comes from, like, accessing the culture, you know. You don't yeah. really until you kind of understand the whole ecosystem and the culture and like going to the skate shop and banding together with your friends and wanting to work on projects and drawing a logo for your crew. Like that's where all the richness comes from. And that's why you end up becoming a lifelong skateboarder, whether or not you skate, you know, into yeah. old age is that you kind of always carry that with you, the way that you look at spots, uh, the way you look at architecture. And so, yeah, I, I mean, seeing next up from from the outside, it was like, oh wow, this is like the whole the whole world in here. It's amazing. Thank you. It was fun, man. It was really fun to 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 do that. And uh, last year when I returned the building, uh, so yeah, going back to returning the building. So at some point, I was supposed to return, and uh, it was officially uh, marked for April of. Um, this year of 2020 and uh, I wanted to I wanted to return it earlier because um, uh, I was working a lot there by myself you know and uh, you better than anybody you understand what it takes to run a nonprofit especially if you want to make it uh, grow you can't do it by yourself, you know, because I've yeah. always had uh, trouble and I don't have any problem uh, saying this. I had trouble bringing uh, funds to the organization, you know, something that was not my expertise. It was not very uh, motivated uh, to fundraise and ask for money. Uh, I'm not that person. I'm more uh, a person that I, I like to be more involved with developing programs. I'm more uh, involved in speaking on behalf of the organization and trying to get people inspired to 
join and help in some way, shape or form. But uh, really putting uh, uh, fundraisers together and asking for money, I I don't think it was my um, strength. So I always struggled with that. And um, yeah, it's a tough world to navigate. It's like you have all this passion and drive and and you want to just work through it. But the nonprofit world doesn't really work that way. It's like you got to you got to really know how to network. So because I was just too tired, I decided to, you know, I decided to return the building a little earlier than uh, than the schedule, you know, and um, I did it, man, with the with the. The building, I think my soul went together. I lost myself, man. It was uh, still to to this day, you know. It, sometimes I have really uh, tough days. My closest friends they they understand how how much of darkness that I started living. You know, I sort of digged a hole in the ground and I threw myself in there. It was really hard to to get out. God, you're breaking my heart, Vina. Uh, I totally, I to, I understand completely though, and I, I just have nothing but gratitude for you for laying it all out there, um, because I feel like a lot of people are, they they feel too insecure to talk about that in that way, you know, um, and just how, like, emotionally tied you are to these projects, and how yeah. much just like seeing you from the outside, like we 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 became affiliate partners through the Tony Hawk Foundation, but just seeing how much work you had put in alone for so many years that just mostly goes like unpaid or you're just barely squeaking by, you know, and it's like, it's a labor of love. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man. Um, well, I mean, what can you, what kind of parting words could you give to someone who's working on a social skate project, maybe trying to, conceive of something like at the early stages or maybe they're just uh you know working through it well uh my advice really is uh, let's go back to that one example of the airplane when we're about to take off on the airplane then we have the flight attendants coming in and giving instructions in case uh an accident happens right and the oxygen masks foul fall and then you have to help yourself first and then after you're all set you can help the people around you right next to your sides so that's first thing that's what you need to do in order to run a social project in order to run a nonprofit, something like that you have to be uh somewhat comfortable and uh that's exactly what i i didn't do you know, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't help myself at all. I just started a, a nonprofit because uh, uh, of uh, a passion that I had and because I truly believed that one day I was going to be able to make a decent living off of it. So that was my plan. So in the same time that I'm uh, helping our communities and I'm helping young people, I am... Uh, truly convinced that I'm on the right path and I have some signs that show that. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I expect to, to be in a good position, uh, financially speaking at some point. And guess what? That didn't happen to me, you know? And, um, I experienced a, uh, 
a negative a, a negative effect because then at some point in my life at 38 I look at you know my personal uh financial condition and I'm not financial free by any means you know I don't have financial freedom and uh I'm struggling you know and then now uh trying to redefine myself as a person so I I got really confused, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, you I were was, working, you were working through next up like a separate job, right? Pretty much the entire yeah, time. Yeah, man, I delivered I delivered pizza my whole life, you know, because of the flexible schedule. To uh, the flexible the flexible schedule would help me to uh, make next up happen, and uh, you know, I truly believed that one day I was gonna be able to quit that pizza job and then just work with next up. Um, it didn't happen that way, you know, it, it did not. And um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, you need to have a really solid plan in order to run a successful organization because if it does not, if money doesn't come in, at some point you're going to get burned out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, working without goals also will uh, will burn you out too because it's an endless timeline right you keep working 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 and there is no ending goal um you have to have an ending goal because once you reach that ending goal you're gonna have another goal and another goal so definitely have goals definitely have plans to bring uh, funding in and uh, definitely plan to pay everybody who's uh, working for you who's helping for you the volunteers uh uh, that's how it works, man. Otherwise, it, it's 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 gonna have a lifetime. It's gonna burn you out. You're gonna get tired, and you're gonna quit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the through line for me, especially at Pushing Borders, talking to people working on social skate projects, is just how severe burnout is and how common it is in in different orgs. And yeah, it comes from focusing almost exclusively on programming and not focusing on you know, because this isn't natural to us, like asking people for money. What's natural to us is, is working with youth or, or developing programs, you know? So it, uh, it feels all too common. Um, and I, I feel like a, a thing that personally I've seen is like, people should bring on partners that are interested in doing those components of the of running the organization um because if it doesn't come naturally to you it's like bring some people on and have them help out because it's for some people that is that is their world exactly 100 percent. well how can how can people support you on your uh your next project or this next iteration of next up uh at this very moment um i i am Really excited. Like I said, I'm really excited about these programs in Brazil. And then what I really did, so everyone understands, I didn't do, I didn't pull any magic. There's nothing really uh, amazing, special. Oh, so, you know, of course it is special, but there's no, uh, there's no magic. So what I did, and uh, of course I like to be very transparent. There's no reason to hide anything is I had three friends uh back home in brazil and they're running their programs you know and then uh, what i thought it would make sense is i said okay i'm gonna approach my friends and ask them if they're willing to join next up and then uh, we name their programs next up 
right? And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to provide them all the programming, all the activities that I have developed and uh, without any charge or anything, you know, we can do a license agreement, but then I'm going to provide them everything that I have developed during these 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly what I did, you know, sort of a franchising in a way. Yeah. And, uh, but between friends, so uh, they did change with, change their names, you know, of their pro their uh, projects. And then now there's three cities with, uh, uh, with the next up programming going on. And the kids are really excited about uh, being part of Next Up. You know, they're, they're proud. Uh, so my goal really is to put some effort in uh, Brazil because of the, the need for the needs being so uh, big, really, you know, in uh, mental health and also products, you know. Uh, it's like any other country you see in Africa, you see kids struggling, skating barefoot. Guess what, man? That happens in Brazil too. You know, that happens in Brazil. There's a lot of kids out there skating barefoot and uh, with uh, no products whatsoever and still skating and making progress. So uh, I want, I'm more inclined to uh, help a little bit more the kids in Brazil at this time. However, I'm thinking I've always I will always do uh, stuff here, but because of uh, you know this whole virus situation, we had to uh, put everything on pause. But we were getting ready to roll out a program in LA, and uh, I haven't made any announcements yet because I wanted to wait until the very you know last minute once everything was ready to go and then promote. And I will still keep it that way because, you know, if it doesn't happen, then at least I didn't say anything, you know, and then <laughs> uh, so I don't have to be worried about, oh, you said this, this was going to happen and nothing happened. You're just talking, you know. So yeah. I would rather I would rather not uh, uh, make any comments. But we had a program in L.A. ready to be rolled out. And unfortunately, now it's on pause. So really, for now, I don't think we need any kind of help because also I'm trying to figure it out ways where I can navigate a nonprofit in a different setting, not as, you know, not so uh, dependent on uh, public uh, support and uh, fundraising because it really, man, I, I feel like when we're fundraising, we're sort of begging for dollars and, uh, I'm a little tired of that, you know, need to develop some other strategy that can allow us, allow us to, to run uh, our programs a little different, you know? Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for spending the time to, to talk with me. It's always inspiring hearing what, uh, what you're working on. Um, yeah, just best of luck to you. And I can't wait to see what happens in, in LA and also stuff in, that's going on in Brazil. Ryan, seriously, man, it is a pleasure. It is really uh, an, an honor. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate your uh, support. All right. Thank you, Vina. means a lot. Intro music by Michael Warfall. Wait, no, Michael Krigger at Blogafontae on Instagram. I'll spell it in the notes. 
credits. Music, as always, by Alana Brine, I-L-A-N-A dot B-R-Y-N-E. I will spell that in the notes, too. And, as always, logo and graphic design by Michael Warfel, W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-O-W-R-